looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Post. It's Sunday, the 19th of December. We raced at Eagle Farm yesterday as part of the rolling on of the summer carnival. We had a group three and two listed races. I think, Nathan, next week, the girls stole the show yesterday yeah. in both the uh, equine and also the um, the human department with um, Gypsy Goddess and Mimi Lagarde, two of the highlights. We're going to talk about both of those wins and we'll speak with the people associated with them. And, of course... Steph Thornton and Sam Collin with riding doubles as well. Yeah, that's exactly right, David. Good morning to you and listeners. So, looking forward to seeing what Gypsy Goddess can do in 2022. She's obviously a staying talent. And Mimi Lagarde, I think what we saw yesterday is what she threatened to do. And she actually put it all together on race day yesterday and really put them to the sword. Yes, uh, plenty to talk about with Mimi Lagarde. I thought, I thought racing-wise, she was the highlight of the day. Gypsy Goddess was expected to win and there's... A lot to come from her, fingers crossed. But Mimi Lagarde in the short term, we're looking at the Magic Millions guineas in about a month's time. So we'll we'll, we'll discuss her very shortly. Of course, um, talk about doubles yesterday. Chris Bunce also had a double, and we'll chat with him as well. David Van Dyke, trainer of Gypsy Goddess. Robbie Frad, Mimi Lagarde's jockey. Toby Edmonds, the trainer. And also, I want to concentrate. We want to concentrate on the Magic Millions two-year-old coming up in a month's time. We saw some key races, one in particular I thought of Wyong on Wednesday. It was a very good win by the debut winner, wasn't it? Knocked sideways on the turn, but still kept coming. So That's all ahead of us over the next hour or so. And I suppose one thing too, we, we draw the line in the sand as far as Eagle Farm is concerned. The reason I say that is we won't race there now until I think February 19, so it's a two-month gap. And when we come back, hopefully it will be a better and different surface. Yeah, you'll see if you go out there today, you'll see it being scalped right back and, um, you know, it's been documented what's going to happen there at Eagle Farm with the, the line planning of Kaikuya and then assessments will be made in February and more like March next year as to mm. which way they go in the future direction of that track. Hope that goes well. OK, let's get into the racing action from yesterday and we'll go to the Gold Edition plate at listed level. A very good betting race, particularly around Rhapsody Rose, who was heavily back to run 235. 500 left to run and release the beans. Shading Rhapsody Rose, who now drives up then Barista Sister. Miss Hipstar being called upon. Far too easy. Hell, you're starting to get him into his gears. Tiger Hearts looking for a runner. Rhapsody Rose, she's under full pressure. Release the beans, still have the lead. Miss Hipstar claimed her. Mimi Lagarde right down the outside. Then far too easy. Barista Sister and Glorious Ruby. But Mimi Lagarde in the Jerry Harvey colours. Shot away. She'll win. Mimi Lagarde first. Fado the Miners, far too easy easy or release the beans and fourth barista sister solid star passing a few then came miss hipstar glorious ruby rhapsody rose didn't put in then tiger heart and jackson on time didn't fire a shot either and it ran last well the jockey is aaron dieted to the saddle he's had four rides on Mimi Lagarde for three wins and a fourth and someone asked him in a post-race interview are you right for the guineas he said i'll be there to open the gates that's how keen i am to ride her in the big dance robbie frad good morning Thanks, David. How are you? Morning. Now, uh, Morning, Nate. <laughs> Morning, Robbie. I want to ask you a question. Uh, you rode her first up at Doomben, which was, what, five weeks ago, and you rode her yesterday. Was there a different feel yesterday to her? Um, there was. Um, look, she's always she's always been a decent filly. Um, I just think first time Eagle Farm, maybe the bigger track. I didn't have to rush her, um, mm. David, you know, because 
doing when you kind of got to get on your bike and she kind of just still a bit green and everything so she took a bit of time but with Eagle Farm with a long running um, it was probably uh, a blessing for her um, like, like we said we were very concerned about you know the track itself whether she would handle it or not but um, I still said to Toby and I said to Jeff I said um, if she handles the track she will win um, that was my you know that's what I said so I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed that I was <laughs> I was right. <laughs> that underlines the, the the opinion you have of her in her previous runs, Robbie. Particularly the two wins. It's only been like that last fifty meters where she really surged. Whereas yesterday, it seemed to me she put it all together because she travelled into it much sweeter. That's right, Nate. And like um, she is a filly. Like you know, we discussed with Toby that she's got to be ridden quiet um, because she's got such a great turn of foot. I think if you put her to too close, um, you'd have to probably drive her out because she's very relaxed fully um, and then she just probably wouldn't produce juice to finish that she does um, but yeah look, um, she, I, I believe she should be a filly that, that she, she should be unbeaten really mm. um, when I ran, ran fourth on her, I kind of only got out late um, and she flashed home for fourth, she, give me another 20 metres and I win it so um, being saying that it was, it was I think it was Doombin so yeah, you know, tricky track for her but um, she does need that big, long track, a, a longer run, in, let's put it this way, than Dooman, you know? The the blinkers. Tell us about the blinkers. Yeah, Toby put them on just obviously to make her concentrate and travel a little, little bit in the race um, because she can get too relaxed. And I uh, galloped her a couple of times with them on. Um, she still relaxes behind and all that, but um, I think she, when you when you ask her, she kind of takes you a long, a lot, a lot, uh, takes you longer you know, kind of um, into the race, and she take, she finishes off stronger. You know what I mean? She doesn't run around like she has been um, in her first couple starts. So I think that just maybe made her concentrate a little bit and, um, you know, switch her on a little bit. So um, let's just hope that, you know, that, that's, the, that's the case. And um, because I think come, come Gold Coast Day, we're going to need those blinkers. <laughs> Um, you know, because the, the quality of the field is going to be a bit stronger, yeah. A $200,000 race yesterday, a $2 million race in four weeks. I believe she goes there without another run. That was Toby's suggestion yesterday. 1,400 metres for her, Robin? Yeah, um, I don't think it would be a problem at all, mate. Um, I do think that you probably would get, I would say, a little bit more tempo. Um, mm-hmm. I think yesterday they kind of mid-race backed off a bit and um, they kind of sprinted. So I think at the Gold Coast you probably have that, that better... Um, free-flowing tempo, um, which should suit her because she switches off good. So 1,400 metres is not a problem. And I'm glad Toby's going from this race to the Gold Coast, you know. Um, he'll probably just give her maybe a one or two gallops in between and um, she'll be ready. Robbie, you mentioned that it's going to be a tougher assignment. That's that's understandable. But I think the market tells us something. It's The present market has it $8 the field. That tells me... There's no standout of the race, and often we've seen a standout like an alligator blood type type scenario. But there's no standout, and uh, on what she's done so far, she's going as well as any horse I've seen on the Eastern Seaboard in terms of going to this race. Yes, David, um, she probably is, and um, like you say, um, I don't think you're going to get the feels like you've got like you've had before. Um, but still, you know, we still got to respect the opposition. Um, you know, obviously some of those horses coming up from down south. Um, you know, sometimes they improve a little bit when they come up here. Um, but um, in saying that, I, th- I think she's, she's she's good enough to take them on. That's for sure, you know, after yesterday's performance. So, But she's always been a good filly. Um, I've always thought a lot about her. 
Um, she's pretty special to me in the morning when I go gallop her, I take my time and, you know, just have a little chat to her. Not that she understands, but, you know, we, we, I try my best. Um, but in saying that, yeah, I, I, I think she'll be able to take them on no problem. Um, the thing is, um, depends on what track you're going to get. You might get a wet track, who knows, um, come that time. But um, if it's a soft seven, you know, in, even into the probably near yeah, soft seven, I think she'll be fine. She'll handle it. In fact, um, she'll probably be better in it because she's galloped in, in probably soft tracks um, yeah, at the Gold Coast. So, and she's performed very, very well. Robbie, uh, good couple of weeks for you. Last week, Zulu Dancer $19 and yesterday $13. The chairman of your fan club, Max Fowler, was support, sporting huge smiles after both <laughs> of those wins. Yes, yes, yes. Maxwell, you know, on Saturdays, Max would probably have to, you know, he'd be able to order a lot more Chinese at night and, um, <laughs> on a Saturday night and rather than the little ones. So with a couple of Saturday meetings that I haven't had a winner, he goes back and has a couple of spring rolls, but now Max, he can, can go and have a whole dish of, of, of Chinese food. So, <laughs> no, he's a big supporter of mine since day one I've arrived here, and um, he's just been a great, great friend to me. And, um, you know, every, every time, sometimes when you, you know, it's like when you, you're missing out on, on, on winners and all that, you know, and he always says to me, just keep your chin up and, you know, keep going and, and push on, you know, and, and that's all I want from, from like, like advice from that, you know, and it just gets you going, and he's just been such a solid support of mine, and I, I just can't thank him enough. You're very kind, Robbie. Just before you go, Toby Evans is about to join us. Two horses I wanted to talk about, and you rode them both last start, and yesterday they just didn't seem to fire at all. Sherry and also Pill Pony, did they not handle Eagle Farm? I think Pull Pony didn't. Um, you know, it was a matter of going forward or going back. And I just thought if I go back, well, and if I don't jump pretty much cleanly and clearly, I might get caught a little bit deep into that first corner. So I did. But then I got there and I gave him a nice breather. But when I let him down, he just, just refused to go. As far as there is concerned, I think he just he was just too keen. Um, he just kind of, from about the 600 to about the 450, he just pulled my arms out. And um, I think that, that played a big part in him not finishing off. Um, but he can be like that. He's, he's at the sunny coast when I wanted him. He was, he was kind of switched off. So um, you know, you never know with, with, with horses. You know, they come one day, they find the next day they're just a little bit too keen. And I think it does uh, play play a, a huge part in them not finishing off when they're just going too keen like that. Um, but look, he'll bounce back. Um, Toby will get him back to 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 his winning ways, and um, you know, and um, let's see what he does. Well, let's hope you've got your winning ways in a month's time. Big assignment coming up and a, a great uh, dress rehearsal yesterday on, on Mimi Lagarde. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks, David. Thanks, Nate. Really appreciate it. Robbie Fred joining us as our first guest on Pass the Post, and he parted Mimi Lagarde to a most impressive win. Let's get the trainer's point of view now. Toby Evans joins us online. Toby, good morning. Morning, David. Um, what were your expectations going into yesterday's race? Um... Look, I thought I honestly thought she could uh, she could beat those horses. I, my only my only um, uh, concern was Eagle Farm. That was all whether she'd handle Eagle Farm, and um, you know, obviously she did. So it was good. Toby, just document again the reason that she had to be withdrawn from the mode plate, and whether that provided any concerns for you in, in setting the campaign back at all. Oh uh, no, we always have plenty of time, and probably mindful that um, timings everything especially with a, a, a three-year-old filly heading towards where we wanted to get to. Um, but, you know, she, she suffered a foot abscess um, 
like uh, the week leading up to that race and, and um, it did bust out and we were able to work on everything but she just wasn't sound enough to, to run. Um, she's quite sore right in the point of the bulb of the hill where the, where, the, where, the, where the abscess busted out so we've had to work hard on that for the next two weeks and, and luckily um, she, I still think she's a tad ginger actually, you know, so she did a good job yesterday. She'll only improve from that. I want to raise a specific point that leads to a broader point concerning this filly. Uh, her sectional was very good. Visually, she looked good. We saw her come from the back of the bus and she swept home. And then you look at the times and they ran 110.64, but last 634.37. So she's obviously delivered around a 33.5 sectional. Wouldn't it be yeah. nice if we had a, a facility here in Queensland where we could access or check horses individual sectional times which we can do in every other state in australia bar queensland mm. don't get me started but um well, look, I, we... I, I raised it on in press room a yeah. few weeks ago it, it's it's yeah. unbelievable that in this day and age we can't go to uh, uh, the internet and find what mimi lagarde's sections were per, per furlong yeah look david it's it's <laughs> unfortunately we're just so far beyond the times and and we continue to be and, and happy to be that, you know, like seriously. Uh, we got, you know, we got some of the best facilities here. We got some, some of the best trainers, some of the best horses and, and, and these sort of things aren't, aren't, you know, aren't available. Like um, for the for the punter that, that props the industry up, this sort of stuff, you know, we need it. Like these, these poor form guys are trying to do, do sectionals off, off clocking them from, yeah. from the marks on, on the track. You know, it's impossible. And impossible to get it right, um, so I agree. You know, uh, you know. Hopefully, something's in in the pipeline, which it should be. I would think. Even from uh, I know, f uh, from a form student's point of view, but and even from your point of view, but think of your owners who who might see their horse run fifth, and they'd say, yep. "Well, I well, I was told it was a good run," and then they go to the 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 the, the sectional. Uh, base of the foundation that shows it's run the last, the fastest last 800, 600, 400. From an owner's point of view and from your point of view in telling the owners your horse ran well, this sort of thing's good for them as well. Yeah, I think every every bit of data that that's available should be should be um, made public. Um, it's obviously not just yet, but as as we spoke about a number of times, um, things are in the pipeline. It's just a little slow getting here, but um, it'd be good if it was here now because it's been been you know in victoria and new south Wales now for some 10 years i think so we're just uh well, probably probably due to hit here about 10 or 15 years time uh yesterday you hard? said the plan was to go straight to the gold coast that's still the still what you're thinking this morning no run in between no i don't think i'll run her in between i think i'll trial her on the on the 6th of january at home um just to just to keep it ticking over. Um, she'll she have a week at the farm now and, and freshen up and get over that run. A um, little bit of a concern coming through that run off that track yesterday, but um, she's actually come through well, so uh, uh, onwards and upwards. Has she always shown you that she was something a bit out of the box? Um, look, we've always hoped, you know, David, a lot of horses can work good and and um, she's one of those fillies that's a bit laid back and, and um, always... Always knew there was something there. Um, didn't quite get to see it in her work. Uh, she produced it in a, in a first start, um, even though it was only a, an average race. She did. She finished finished hard, and I knew. I sort of knew in the back of my mind. Once once we put blinkers on, you'd see what you seen yesterday. So that was. Um, uh, I think that 
that's um, pretty evident now, and, and um, she looks to have a good future. Nice to have one in, in those colours in, in the stable. Um, obviously, Jerry Harvey and Rodine. Has she produced much before Mimi Lagarde? I mean, this is the filly that was first past the post in a blue diamond. And super yeah. impressive. Is there much else that she's done, Toby? I don't think so. I think this she's been a little bit plain, but um, mm. certainly, certainly this, this pedigree's uh, worked good. Star turn. Um, He's doing a good job at stud, and um, obviously Rodan being a Group One, or she was a Group One winner, but um, taken away from her, but certainly had had great ability. So, um, you know, uh, and this filly um, is a magnificent type. You know, she's and she's only going to furnish more as she gets older, um, and she could have a good three-year-old year ahead of her. I think. I always think I know everything, but one thing I don't know is uh, what does the name mean? I don't know. I have to ask Jerry uh, or Luke. Or, or um, Jerry or Luke, what that means, I'm not sure, to be truthful. Um, but it's a nice name. Or actually, it's a, it's a sticky name and, and um, getting quite used to it. Yeah, from a, <laughs> from a caller's point of view, it rolls off the tongue nicely. It's, 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 easy to, it's easy to say. And hopefully for you, I'll be saying it in about four weeks' time, going first past the post. But as I said to Robbie before, too, or as Nathan and I said, the fact that, that that field, it's $8 the field, there's no standout this year. So, and, you know, there, there might be a lot of that market that mightn't turn up either. So, you know, what she's doing, she's going as, in my opinion, she's she's going as well as anything. Well, look, David, you know, she's um, she's on the improve, you know. She, she's, uh, she's, she made good progress from, from a first start back to, to yesterday. Blinkers on, she's still got, um, you know, it's only a fourth race start. And she heads into a into a three year old guineas at a fifth start, you know, with on a off a, off a trial. So look, she's um, you know, I I dare to say that she's she's right in the race myself. I th- I think she's one of the one of the um, better chances. For sure and certain. Th- um, just before you go, the Harovian. Harold, yeah, he runs next um, Sunday in the Burnborough. Yep. Um, he had a gallop between races yesterday. He. He worked up nicely. Zach Lloyd rode him, and um, he worked with Hard Empire. They both dashed up really well, um, and he's ticking over nicely. His run was really good the other day. I loved his run. Uh, just had to use him a bit to, to sort of get around um, Buff Curry's horse, I think, and sort of shove him wide on the track, and he, and he just petered out the last little bit. But he come through that run super, and, and he's improved sharply. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning. All the best. Thank you. Abby Evans joining us this morning, and Mimi Lagarde was the best performance in the race. Far too easy. Was good and solid in second. Yeah, he was okay. I thought Release the Beans was very good first up. He, with the way he raced, I thought he'll drop out for sure. And then I was sort of stunned to see him still battling on strongly at the end. So you've got Jamea and King of Sparta at eight dollars, David on the top line, and then Mimi Lagarde shares the the second line at eleven dollars with Battleton and Bend the Knee. Then you're out to Far Too Easy at fifteen dollars. We'll talk about one disappointment in this race with our next guest, but the other uh, horse, and I know I seem to be bringing this up a lot, but I think it needs to be, like Jackson on time just did nothing, did it? And the market knew it. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I know, but the, in in stark contrast to its run of doom and when it went to the line, well, maybe the format of that race wasn't or didn't stack up well with, with, with professionals, but it was it blew like a gale and yeah, it ran accordingly. Ran accordingly, yeah. So, but... We see it time and again with horses that just... And if they don't like it, they don't get beaten two lengths. They get beaten 100 yards. 
Okay, that's the gold edition. Let's move on now to the feature sprint, the Loch Nay, the Tab Loch Nay at 1,400 metres. This was a really good betting race. The the winner, Stampy, was one of the better back runners. Tricky Gal was hard of the market, but the best backed was Tumbler Ridge. Stampy's been able to dictate terms of the middle part. Travelled by the 600 metres. Leading red chase, nice and handy. Alligator Blood third. Tumbler Ridge in fourth. Chapter and verse. Tricky Gal working away from the rail. Then Count of Monte Cristo. Sambro. Prophet trying to make ground. Then Victory 8. And traduces last of all in the home straight. He gave Stampy a little squeeze. And there was a kick there. Alligator Blood trying to rally on the inside. Then Tricky Gal. Followed by Tumbler Ridge. He's flat to the boards. Chapter and verse. And Prophet is right down the alley. Outside, Stampy's the leader with 100 metres left to go. He's still got a length margin. He's holding them for the moment. Running on Sambro. Stampy in front all the way. Stampy. Stampy beat Sambro. Photo third. Tricky gal. Profit out wide. Not far away. Count of Monte Cristo. Then came chapter and verse. Tumbler Edge didn't come on. Well back alligator blood. Then introduced well back victory eight. And Red Chase dropped out. He ran last of all. Mr. Consistency, Stampy, the winner, Chris Munster, the trainer. Morning, Chris. Yeah, hi, David. How are you going? Good. I want to get over the bad news first because I like st- starting off with the bad news and then we, we finish with, on a good note. Rhapsody Rose went disappointingly, far, t- far too disappointingly for her liking yesterday. Oh, I couldn't agree more, David. It was just a run that um, still haven't got my head around really as to why she raced the way she did. Um, I took her back home. Martin Lenz, the the, the, the um, club vet, had a look at her straight after race and couldn't find a heck of a lot wrong with her. Um, took her back, had a scope and trod her up and same thing, couldn't see a lot about her. She did she did uh, appear to be a little bit sort of scratchy this morning walking out, just general soreness more than anything. But apart from that, like there's no uh, issues that I could really find to be overly concerned about. So I just... I really, it's just a run. I just sort of can't get my head around, to be honest. Yeah. I don't get to see them that often in the enclosure at Eagle Farm or Doom and just where I broadcast from, but they tell me she can be a bit hot-headed. I actually saw it as she went onto the track. She was cranky and she, she didn't bolt to the barrier, but she rushed to the barrier. And I was sort of a little concerned, uh, but 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 you're right, just, just visually, you know, a, a nice run up on speed, virtually the first one was gone. So what do you do now? Do you still press towards the guineas? I think I will, but I don't think I'll run her again. Um, I think I'll just give her a month in between runs. Um, she's that sort of a filly. I don't think that I'll need to give her another run now. I can, if I have to give her a trial in between, I'll do that. As it was, that race yesterday was probably an afterthought, and I was always probably going to, had intended not to run her there and just go straight to the Vay Road, but the fact that there was a, um, a lack of a decent sort of set of trials or jump outs to be able to put her in here at at uh, Eagle Farm or Doom, and I thought, well, I might as well run her instead because you know, I did feel that she bounced off that win the other day quite well. But anyway, it's um, just one of these things. I've just got to put it out of out of my mind, just uh, restock, and, and um, I think I'll just head straight to Magic Millions Day with her. Stampy has threatened to win a good race for more than 12 months now. He just missed in the gateway last year, two stakes placings this time around, and uh, he very much deserved uh, his day to come yesterday. Yeah, he did, Nathan. He... he um, you're right, he's been so honest. Um, he's had the trip up to Rocky and everything, and that, like he, this time in, he's raced ultra consistently in, in good grade, and I just thought that to see him win the way he did yesterday, was uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty satisfied to see him do what he did. These owners, uh, they enjoy their, their wins with Stampy, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they sure do, David, yeah. No. Uh, Phil, big Phil Goodski and, and uh, Mel Shoemaker. They are, they're lovely people. That's a, it's a good story, the Stampy story, actually. They, 
Um, they were bought uh, two mares very cheaply for 700 bucks each or something. And uh, one was the dam of Stampy Envelope, and she produced this guy, and he's now won close to 600,000 in prize money. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good story, feel good story for the racing industry. It's like a boa constrictor seizing its prey when he gets hold of you after a race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Phil, Phil's a bit like that. He, he gets very emotional with his horses, and, and he loves, he loves seeing his horse Stampy win. I, I witnessed it firsthand. I thought it was like a balloon that was going to burst. <laughs> it was, was going to not see you again because he just came at you like a, like. Don't a, worry. I, don't worry, I seen him coming at me and I tried to duck behind the bloody thing. <laughs> I couldn't get away from him. <laughs> at least he came at you with a smile on your face. I wouldn't like to see the other way if he was in a bad mood. But well, no, where, where, exactly. do we, where do we go with Stampy now? Yeah, I, look, I probably most likely the buffering. Um, I had about trying to, um, uh, if he didn't win or whatever, if his rating didn't go up after yesterday, run him in the Magic Million wildcard race, 1,200 metres in a fortnight. But I think he's rating now... Um, we'll put him out of that race so I would suggest you'll probably have to go to the buffering and then we'll just concentrate on the winter with him I think we'll just give him a nice spell he's not magic million so we'll just give him a nice spell after buffering and um, get him ready for the winter and also uh, pay tribute to Sean Cormack yeah well Sean Sean he gets on well with this horse he um, you know we, we, because he was down on the minimum there at the beginning of his prep we were struggling to get a rider to ride the horse and the fact that he'd sort of won on him and um, uh, could ride light. Uh, Phil said, well, we might as well um, put Sean on, and, and Sean's done a very, very good job on him every time he's ridden him. We know it's a very competitive summer carnival now. Chris, you must be thrilled with the way it's going. A stakes win two weeks ago, another winner last week, and a double there yesterday. Yeah, look, they're, 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 the horses that I've got at the moment, I haven't got big numbers. Uh, Nathan, I've got the 40-odd there, but... Um, and I haven't got any sort of five or $600,000 yearlings either, so I just sort of... The horses I've got, they're racing as well as they can, and um, they're, they're, um, they're doing the job. I've got to mention Jenny. This was your other winner now. You've only just taken him over. I thought his win at the Sunshine Coast was really good at the end. He was determined to the line, and I couldn't believe the price he was set out at yesterday. I think they bet as much as $12. He ran at 10 but he raced like he did at the Sunshine Coast, fairly handy and then strong to the line. Yeah, I, I didn't know a lot about this horse when he came to me. Um, and a few of the owners and that sort of said he usually takes a run or two to hit his straps, and he's a very hot horse. He he, um, uh, he took three of us to saddle him up. Uh, my son Corey sort of had to grab hold of him a bit, but he's he's um, a horse that once he's got the saddle on and he's and he's walking, he's okay. He's he sort of calmed back down, and um, his trials. When we trialed him, I thought he'd actually trialed up quite nicely, um, and. Went to Caloundra, sort of on his trials, you'd be confident, but not knowing the horse, you'd, I sort of went there thinking I knew he'd race well, but not overly confident that he could win, although Justin was very confident that he could win. But um, And then yesterday, it was just the, the right ride from Boris. He put him on the speed, good cover, and um, he quickened well. What about David? He says, I think they bet $12 this horse. He wouldn't know exactly how much they bet that, that horse because he, he made it his best value for the day. So he'd be a shade modest at the same time, but he would know exactly what price they bet that <laughs> of horse. Of course he would. <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah, I, now let me tell you a story here, and I'm, I'm going to turn on myself. I bet, bet I backed losers in the first two races. They never picked their feet up. Hmm. Jenny got up on the inside, and I, and I thought I was on it. I never backed it. <laughs> I thought, I th- I, that's how that's how bad I'm going in, in the calls now. I'm thinking I'm on them, and not, they were, I said I'm not even on this. What the hell's going on here? Any, anyway, Stampy was good. I stuck with you. I stuck solid with you there as well, mate. So, thanks for, thanks for joining us this morning.
Pleasure. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Cheers, Chris. There he is, Chris Munns, joining us, training Stampy and Jetty to victory yesterday. And Stampy's, you know, he, he's not A grade, no. but, but he's on that next level down and he'll always give his best. He does. And um, just interesting, Chris, sort of talking about which races they go. Do I think that buffering will end up pretty strong um, this year? But um, why not throw him in? You know, he'll just give his best again and he makes his own luck up on speed. Some of the others there, David. Profit ran well first up. And generally does run well mm. first up. I wasn't that taken with his trials this time in. I, I don't think the marker was either. He got out to what? Oh, no, he got to 13, back to 10, but he ran well. Sam Rose, Magic Millions graduate. We, we see him here most years, and I thought he was encouraging first up. Tricky Gal looked to have a chance. Then we go down the page. Tumble Ridge, I thought, was disappointing. Yeah, he, he just didn't finish off. He had his chance for sure. And is it all over for Alligator Blood? It's not looking great, is it? I thought he travelled nicely to the turn yesterday, but then... Found Norm. Well, the, the, the funny part was, I think most agreed that Stampy would, would be good on the map and he'd, he'd get the front and mm. dictate. When I saw Alligator Blood so close, yeah. you know, you've still got that respect factor, but he was he presented, he was there to, to strike, but strike he didn't. And Red Chase went terribly uh, for a horse who was on speed and handles Eagle Farm. He got beaten 13 lengths. So mm. there were some good runs and not so good runs, but as I said, Mr. Consistency, Stampy getting the money in the lock made. The Group 3 Grand Prix was the fifth race of the day and Gypsy Goddess was expected to win. She towed them up at the Eagle Way and she was set out $1.24. On straightening, Belmorris led for home. Led the way from Kabosho emerged to second. Then Sergeant Silver, Gypsy Goddess coming up to them, cruising up to them in fact. Pool Pony can't go on. He hoisted the white flag. Then ironic miss and star twinkle. But Gypsy Goddess now put pay to Morris. Kabosh trying to hang on for third. Then ironic miss. But Gypsy Goddess, the long odds on favourite, keeps her unbeaten record intact. And it's a great dress rehearsal for an Oaks campaign next year. A very easy winner. Gypsy Goddess by four from Morris. Four away, ironic miss, I think third from Kabosh. Then Sergeant Silver and a decent gap to Star Twinkle and Pill Pony, who didn't put in today at the tail end. I was making mention yesterday the Grand Prix is a relatively new race. It was uh, inaugurated in 1971. It's been won by horses like Kingston Town, Surround, Balmerino, and they started long odds on. So Gypsy Goddess was long odds on, David Van Dyke. You're in good company. Yes, well, if she's half as good as the ones you mentioned, we'll be happy. <laughs> uh, this is a great story, and, and it's been well documented that you didn't have high expectations with her. No, I actually discussed with the main owner that she'd probably end up on an online auction before her first maiden. <laughs> um, I, I just didn't... Um, I didn't have much of an opinion at all. She was getting beat in her gallops. Uh, she was very... Uh, what would you say, pony-like. She just was very lethargic almost. And um, she just went through the motions, never really showed anything, got beaten at gallops. And I thought, well, you know, she won't be around for long. We'll just put her in a maiden and um, and then possibly move her on. But, um, yeah, she sort of gave us a little taste of what was in store in that maiden when she went straight past them and the good thing about her is she's just kept improving i said to the uh, clients before yesterday i said i know she won well at the eagle way but she's she's actually come on and improved since and and that's what i think we saw she went out 26 dollars in that debut win it wouldn't happen too often i imagine that you get pleasant surprises like that david 
No, no, that certainly doesn't. I'll, I'll take it when they come. <laughs> um, yeah, but, um, you know, so many times we get horses that work well and they gallop good and they just uh, don't respond under that race pressure. And as you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we, we guess, they're educated guesses, but until they're actually sort of get to that uh, straighten up and, and feel that race pressure, sometimes, you know, we just don't know. It's a great position for you and your owners to be in. Here's a filly that, one, is unbeaten, two, has won a Group 3 level in her fourth race start, and three, you know you've got a, a very promising, a highly promising three-year-old filly stayer on your hands, and you can now look forward to, 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 to next year from an Oaks point of view with a some degree of confidence. Yes, and as you say, a three-year-old filly stayer, um, the ranks historically are very thin. Uh, this, you know, the three-year-old staying races don't usually have much of a tail, and uh, the three-year-old fillies, well, I ran... I ran second in a, a Queensland Oaks with Arabian Gold, and that was 2,400. And, you know, against older horses, there's no way on earth she would have got 2,400. She was really a miler, 2,000 max. But um, the, just the fact she was a better, you know, quality horse mm-hmm. meant that she could get out to that distance of her own age and sex. The exciting thing about this filly is she is a stayer. Like everything that I see of her suggests she's going to relish the 2400, you know, whether it be temperament, pre-race, post-race, her recovery. She she comes back to the stalls and her heart rate, heart rate drops quickly. She's got a lovely economical action. She's not a heavy horse. Uh, and, of course, her, her father was a stayer. So... It all points towards her, you know, being able to compete in some of those group ones over further. David, a couple of things you said yesterday I'd like to expand on. The first is you, you said you will keep her in the stable now for two weeks just to keep an eye on her. So you to explain that a little more. And then you said you've then got the decision to make whether you go for Sydney or Queensland. And So when does that decision have to be made? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll actually have it just down at a... a spelling place down the road from the stable for two weeks Mm -hmm. and I'll just see how she eats, what her demeanour's like, whether she puts on some weight that will give me an indication of whether we then uh, give her a week of pre-training at the spelling place and then bring her back to the stable or whether I just give us an extra you know, five or six weeks off and go to the Winter Carnival um, for the Oaks up here. But, uh, yeah, I won't make a call for another two weeks. Yeah, the the ATC Oaks would be extremely tempting, I'd imagine. The other thing is, too, and you were just talking about her as a an individual, she's done this all in her first preparation, so who's not to say that after a break, whatever length it might be, that she could even be be better physically and mentally? Well, that's the exciting part. I mean, when I consider how much she's improved just in this short period of time, um, what will she do when she goes out and puts on a bit of weight and clears her head and 
strengthens up a bit more because if you if you look at her especially front on she's she's quite narrow she's not a a bulky type but she's got the sort of tall long frame that's going to benefit with time and she'll keep strengthening up as she does get older and you know to go from winning a maiden to a group race and everything that that entails it it hasn't even dented her disposition she was just beautiful at the stalls after the race and um you know she had such a good experience yesterday that um i'll certainly be considering a trip down south long and hard before we make our final call in two weeks and she'll have one run up here um over a mile and then we'd go down for the vinery and two weeks into the oaks uh, David, I think a fortnight back, we own a smart one, started similar odds to what Gypsy Goddess did yesterday. He he didn't give the punters as, as easy a ride as what the filly did yesterday, but what's the latest with him? Um, yeah, he copped a pretty bad check out of the gates there, and uh, obviously he, he ended up back in the field, which isn't his pattern of racing. Um, I'm not, I was considering the Falvalon next week, but I, look, I... I'd love to keep his winning streak going, and that's going to be a mighty tough race. So I'm just going to back off him a little bit, put him in a trial, just see what he wants to do there, and then we'll go to an open handicap over 1,200 at Dooman on the 5th of February. He'll get 57, and Ryan hopefully can jump back on him. It's all about patience, isn't it? And just with me at a smart bum, the colours, of course, are the same as the ones that Steph Thornton uh rode on with Gypsy Goddess yesterday. Whose colours are they? Well, they're um, Bob Jones. He's been a client of mine for 10 years and, you know, he's one of the few people that's actually made good money out of racing. Uh, We go over to uh, New Zealand every year. He's he's a wonderful person to train for. He's just so easygoing. Um, And... We've sold a couple. He had we own an Aconian Caraca lad. We sold them for good money to Hong Kong. Um, yeah, and he owns both of those horses you just mentioned. But uh, yeah, he's loving life. And and the geldings at the end of the day they're worth nothing basically. But a filly like Gypsy Goddess, well, she could run last the next three starts, and she's still a valuable broodmare. She's a Group winner out of a half-sister to a Group 1 winner. So knowing that and knowing that she has residual value from this point on, uh, she's not for sale and, and she'll be racing with me until she retires, which is comforting. Yes, yeah, certainly. It was a day of doubles for many people yesterday, whether it be uh, trainers or jockeys. And You were in that category. McCovey Cove won the first. We were all a bit iffy about McCovey Cove. I know he held his position in the market. We just didn't quite know where he was at after that that Ipswich race, there was a bungle at the start, I get that, but I think you would have been happy to see him get a win back on the board yesterday. Oh, my word. I, I never really know where I'm at with McCarthy Cove. Yeah, He's a bit tricky. Um, he sort of thinks a lot during the race, which is an ideal. And um, I said to Steph, look, just, you've drawn well, don't move. And you can actually see her hands hardly move until she gets well in the straight. Um, and he's the sort of horse you've just got to try and just get his head down on the line. If you if you hit the front at the 200, he, he goes up and he he just um, 
he doesn't run on well. So uh, he, he is a horse that likes Eagle Farm. He, he appreciates the firm base. And, um, yeah, it was just great. I mean, the Harris's, the people that own him, they're terrific supporters of mine. And um, it was just great to see him win that race yesterday. That's the richest race he's been in, mm. 75,000. All the others have just been the 55 or, or midweek. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a really good day for them. Yeah, they, they bred him, of course. They raced the big gold cheers a few seasons ago. Thanks for your time, yeah. mate. Uh, we we look forward to, to Gypsy Goddess. This is a good story out of the carnival, and we look forward to either Sydney or Brisbane. I'm sure you will as well. My word. Thank you. Good on you. David Van Dyke joining us this morning. You're on Past the Post. and You had a treble yesterday as well. It's constant flight one down the Gold Coast. And... Well, you tell me now. No, it was... And this, I think... I'm not sure if they are the same colours, but no, I don't think they are. But no. uh, look, this—it's all upside for this filly, isn't it? I mean, there's there's no downside. No, that's right. The key is she can stay. Now, obviously, she hasn't beaten any opposition of note yet, but the fact that she looks like a natural stayer and does it so easily—that's going to stand her in good stead because the staying ranks across the country are thin. So, mm. if you can actually stay, you're you're a hope. She's got a splash of class. And they all had their chance to beat us, so she was simply too good. Let's listen to a few more replays from the farm yesterday. We'll go to the, the benchmark 85, first leg of the quaddy. And again, it was a good betting race. So they put plenty on Sherry, but plenty on Queen Sweeper as well. Up to the turn, 500 left to Rana. Alicia's dream being held together led narrowly from Archer's Paradox. Sherry is trying to bust into the clear. Then I did it again. Queen Sweeper trying to balance up and put in a finish. Then came How Wonderful Life Isn't Good On You, Sonia. Alicia's dream the inside, the outside Archer's Paradox. They're going stride for stride, head and head. Sherry and Queen Sweeper presently can't get them. It's between Archer's Paradox and Alicia's dream. Alicia's dream on the inside has got it narrowly. Pull clear late. Alicia dream first. Second over the line Archer's Paradox. Queen Sweeper a fair way away third. Then Sherry good on you Sonia. Followed by second last How Wonderful Life Is and I Did It Again at the tail end. I don't know Nick Walsh but I heard him interviewed by Bernie Cooper after the race on, on Sky and a very uh, uh, pleasant young gentleman who uh, was obviously very excited about winning his first Metropolitan race. Yeah that's race. right first, uh, first Saturday Metro so congratulations to him and this horse has done a good job and she, she showed a bit of ticker because Archer's Paradox seemingly had her cold I was standing with a, a leading trainer actually watching the race he said oh you've got the money here and um, yes they the, went the early crow. who death. was it? Kelly Schweder. Yes. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't was, miss I was thinking. I was thinking <laughs> If it was a situation reversed, it would have gone down very poorly. <laughs> she's got a good record this mare. A lot of it, or most of her racing has been in central Queensland, but she's had 19 starts now for nine wins, seven seconds and one third. So by my mathematics, she has only missed top three once in 19 runs. And Cole Wilson-Taylor said she's got plenty of ticker. Even he pointed out the Sunshine Coast. She was going to run third there because she came again on the line. So, mm. no, well done to everyone involved with her. It's a, you know, always a memorable day if you can get that first one. And survived a protest. Uh, Alex Pattis protest on Archer's Paradox for two points of interference or alleged interference. One just after the jump mm. and two in the home straight. But Stewart threw it out. But Kyle Wilson-Taylor did cop a three-week suspension. Yeah, the, I think that incident at the start, you know, if she had a held defence Archer's Paradox, she just over raced for 100 metres after that. And I think that told the tale at the end. But Stewart's suggested to me that it was a, a long shot of ever being upheld. Let's go to the last race of the day. Not a strong race on paper, but it ended up a very good betting race, which I've got to say most of the races were yesterday. In the end, the favourite was uh, Indian Dreamer at $3.70.
up to the turn of the last 500 left to run Brian Each leads the way Smoky Diamond comes to the outside Lethal Warning 3 out 4 out Spokesman June 45 coming up 5 wide and then came at the head of the others was Indian Dreamer getting a split and running on well a few with a chance here Spokesman on the outside raced up and hit the lead from Smoky Diamond Indian Dreamer coming through and June 45 putting in a strong finish right down the outside 100 left to go Indian Dreamer Smoky Diamond June 45 who's going to get it as they reach the line photo june 45 put in a big dive he's in a camera with smoky diamond and indian dreamer photos all round. then tessa cosmic gossip lethal warning spokesman take it to the limit second last over the line was brian each in denial pulling up in last position and June 45, no risk in the world, has won the last. Blessed Sarda got up in the last stride to beat Smoky Diamond and Indian Dreamer. A uh, horse who is relatively lightly raced, and I think he's still got a bit of upside to him. Yeah, and do you think he might get a shade further now? He took forever to get there. Yeah, exa- well, exactly. And I think he was tested as a three-year-old in some mm. really you know, good races. He was mm. right in the deep end, but... Uh, Tony Hayden does a good job with his team. This was the second leg of Boris Thornton's riding double. He won on Jetty and won on June 45, raced by the chairman of the club and his wife, Neville and Mary Bell. So they were as pleased as punished to win a race. Yeah, they certainly were. And big day out for the Thorntons, four of the nine winners there at uh, Eagle Farm. Exactly. Just mentioning other winners, Dovetail Diva. She bounced back to winning form in the second, was able to dictate the terms. Tears of Love was another front runner who got home in race four. I think that's about it. We've covered all of the other races. So I'm pleased to see Sam Collett getting some opportunities now, and she's showing just why she should get more opportunities. She's a very good rider, and she dictated both of those races yesterday. She won them. 100%. We'll take a break here on Past the Post, brought to you by archerparkracing.com.au. They won with Pretty Divine at Lismore on Friday. Robbie Fram was the rider too. When we come back, we'll concentrate on the Magic Millions two-year-old. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Don't forget, of course, no past the post next Sunday. It's Boxing Day, and that will be a Saturday-style service, a select racing service here on Radio Tab. Uh, just like we do on a Saturday morning, of course, we've got the big meeting at Doomben, Metropolitan meetings right around Australia. So next Sunday, past the post takes a break, but we'll be back guns a-blazing on Sunday, January 2, to look back at the big News Day meeting at Doomben. The Magic Millions, both uh, two- and three-year-old, are one month away, so we're on countdown there. One of the key lead-ups, generally considered a key lead-up, is the Wyong Magic Millions race. It was run on Wednesday, and here's the replay. They find the positions and command approved. Got across from the outside gate to lead by two on Miss Hellfire. Then Shalonde. Amelia Romana's caught three wide. Further back than the wealthy investor. Speak now off the track. Uh, Helen covering a bit of ground as well. Followed by John Darmery from Soaring Ambition. Negation being roused along. Well back Shaggy Rogers and impounded. Coming to the turn. Command improved lead by two lengths on Miss Hellfire. Then Amelia Romana. Further back to Speak now and a bit of bother together with Helen. But in the straight as Commander Proof starting to wander a bit. Miss Hellfire's going up the inside. Commander Proof, Miss Hellfire Soaring Ambition late down the outside and Wealthy Investor through the centre but Soaring Ambition went home best. Soaring Ambition got up to win the millions from either Wealthy Investor or Miss Hellfire. They just got to Commander Proof late. Followed then by Negation. Then came uh, Hell I Am from John Darmory Shalonte speak. Well, Soaring Ambition shot right up the market ranks to $8 second favourite behind Cool and Gadda after that very impressive performance. Annabelle Neesham is uh, her trainer. She's joining us. Annabelle, good morning. Morning.
morning. How are you? Fit and well. This uh, performance was well, not extraordinary, but it was very, very good for a number of reasons. Long way back and wide. Got bumped or knocked sideways on the turn and still was able to run home and win in very good time. Yeah, no, she was super. She's a filly we've always had a fair bit of time for. Um, but, you know, normally things need to go right for two-year-olds to win and a few things certainly went wrong um, for her. But she she showed her class and, yeah, she's booked her ticket to, to the Magic Millions now. Three or four days on, Annabelle. Do we see her again before the Magic Millions or you go straight in? Uh, I haven't decided yet. We'll just see how she is. She could run... Um, beforehand, but we'll just we'll, we'll get her up. We're going to get her up to Queensland in the next week or so, anyway. Just to um, you know, it's always a bit warmer up there. I think it'll be good to get her a little bit acclimatised, and um, yeah, we'll decide. She could possibly run New Year's Day. Um, Tommy felt she was probably professional enough to go straight there if I wanted to, so we'll just play it by ear. The one good thing is, well, there's plenty of good things to come out of the win, the win in itself, but. So often a Magic Millions has run at a, a really hot tempo and uh, it suits the horses who can finish hard. Well, she showed, showed that on Wednesday. She delivered in spades with that performance. Yeah, exactly. And I think she can be ridden closer, but, um, you know, I suppose the reason we didn't is she drawn drawn a bad gate and they did, they did look like they rolled along. So it sort of worked out in our favour, but hopefully she could draw a little bit softer in the big race. That's soaring ambition. Where are we at with Swiss Exile, Annabelle? We, everyone was very taken with what we saw with with him. Yeah, I was, I was too. I was also frustrated yeah. um, because he'd been so professional in his trial and he's never put a foot wrong at home. So, um, you know, he, he probably should have been the winner of the race. But um, he's probably going to go to the BJ McLaughlin on, on Boxing Day. Um, he's going to trial. He's got to trial again. Mm. Um the stewards have asked him to, so he's going to trial tomorrow at the Gold Coast, and all being well, we'll probably line up in the BJ McLaughlin. Just going back to Wyong, you got the monkey off your back, Wisdom of Water uh, got up for the win, so you won both feature races. Yeah, I was, I've been getting a bit frustrated not being able to get a win with him, so that was a, a, a big relief, and you know he deserved that, he's been running well the last couple of starts, he's, he's run really well, and he was just knocking on the door, so Hopefully that will give him a bit of confidence and um, probably with him we'll head towards the cutest race up at the Magic Million. It's mm, a nice target for him. What else do you have lined up for here in Brisbane the next couple of weeks and also the Magic Millions Day? Um, I probably don't have too many more unless, you know, the two-year-old holds their hand up. Um, mm. Hollyfield, if I could get him into the Magic Millions Cup, he'll head that way. He could possibly run the week before. Um, but at this stage, that's probably the team that we'll have. And before you go, it would be totally remiss if we didn't uh, ask about Zaki. Everything going along nicely, and, and when will we see him? Yeah, everything's going well with him. Um, he's back in pre-training, and um, he's probably an all-star mile Queen Elizabeth sort of campaign. Um, haven't decided where he'll kick off yet. I was keen to make sure he had a month out before planning. Um, I didn't want I didn't want a race plan to cut his holiday short because he hadn't had a haven't had much of a break all year, so we'll just, again, play him by ear. But, um, yeah, most likely his two sort of main targets will be the All-Star Mile and the, and the Queen Elizabeth. Excellent to hear. Well, we look forward to seeing you on the Gold Coast. Thank you very much. Annabelle Neesham joining us this morning, regular with us here on Past the Post. What I liked about that win as well, time-wise, they ran quicker time than what the benchmark 64. Mm. I think it's always a good yardstick if a 
two-year-old could run faster than the older horses. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We keep waiting for, for something to pop up, and obviously soaring ambition is, is one candidate, but so much will be told after the McLaughlin on Saturday. If this filly comes out again and does what she did at Randwick, Cool and Gatter, then it'd be even shorter. Yeah, like, what are you thinking at the moment about that 2.25? How does that sit oh, with you? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly. I'm on doubt because they're two-year-olds that can hold together. Yeah. But what I would say about the 2.25 is if the race was held tomorrow, it would start odds on. Yeah. And it, it seems likely that, that Gatter is going to win on Sunday. And we know how the market um, assesses sometimes that... that, that, that not, not knee-jerk reaction, but sometimes overreacts, I suppose it's the same thing. So you've got to think that if you think Kildangatta will win on Sunday, mm. it's going to be shorter on Monday morning. For sure. But I mean, I think Sunday will be a good test because 1,200 is going to be a completely different ball game to what the 1,000 was. And I, it seems to me that people aren't shying away from it. They say, well, we've got to take her on at some point. So um, I, I think there'll be a bit of depth in that McLaughlin on, on Sunday, even allowing for the fact that she's going to be a totally dominant favourite. It was a metropolitan two-year-old race at the Sunshine Coast on Friday night. And a few reputations were on the line here. Let's have a listen to the replay as we close things out. At the 400 metres, leading by a long neck, going up now. Uh, the uh, dealing's done on the outside to try and join it. Golden Artie trying to get into the clear. Better go lightly. He's running on, so too. Perfect mission. And back near the inside, Mashani Warfare gets through as well. They're right across the track at the 150. Mashani Warfare might just be in front, driving at it now on the outside. Perfect mission. Mashani Warfare getting the wobbles up. Perfect mission's going to if they hit the line. All very, very tight indeed. Mashani Warfare on the inside of Perfect Mission. They've hit it locked together. Uh, third on the outside might be Golden Artie just in front of Mashani Persuasion. Then came Yankee River even now from Better Go Lightly. Then Enzina who knocked up in the straight from Sneaky Starter. A uh, little Miss Honky Tonk further back dealings done who got the stitch towards the end better than Banksy. And Mingle is amongst the tail enders. Well, there's Ross cranks up another two-year-old with a Mashani Warfare. Yeah, first and third. Uh, I thought that, that race was going to be a stronger race than that. In terms of... Well, I think Mashani Warfare is reasonably well established where mm. he's at, and I'm surprised that one of, say, the, a second star like Golden Artie or one of the first starters didn't jump up. Now, I know Better Go Lightly didn't have much luck, but I thought we might have seen something there that could put its hand up, and I don't think we did. No, well, unfortunately, we didn't. So that was the the race on, on Friday night. So, of course, uh, this Sunday, the BJ McLaughlin, and then we've got... Uh, I think there's a two-year-old race on New Year's Day. And then, yes. of course, those two lead-ups the, uh, to the, the, the Magic Millions on the week before on the Wave Day at Aquas Park Gold Coast. That's the, the plan ahead for the next month or so. Nathan, thanks for your time this morning and uh, I won't get the chance to speak again, but to you and, and Karen and the family, very Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you, David, and to you too and to all the listeners. I hope it's a, a good and safe week and we can come back here next Sunday and find some winners for Boxing Day. Well, to all the past, the Post listeners, Merry Christmas. Uh, for those who don't listen to Press Room, uh, this will be the last chance I get to talk to you. But you should be listening to Press Room as well. So join join me again tomorrow and you'll get Merry Christmas twice from me <laughs> and all of the regular panellists tomorrow. That's it for the this morning. Thanks for your time. You have a good day. Bye-bye.